0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Blessed is the man who walks not in the council of But the wicked are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore they shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish but he shall be like a tree planted by the stream of living water that yields its fruit in its own season and its leaf shall not ever win with in all that he does in all that he does he prospers in all that he does
1: Today's sermon is pre-recorded. The title for today's message is The Dividing Line. The Dividing Line. Let's pray. Lord, you came and you brought a dividing line, Lord, that cuts across our lives. And Lord, we have to make choices whether we're going to follow you, whether we're going to serve you, whether we're going to obey you. So Lord, I'm asking that each person here could see that line and make the decision in their heart that they're going to follow you, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of whatever pain, whatever the issues are that come out of towing a line with you, Lord. I pray that you would give each one of us courage to simply trust you, to simply obey you, and to walk with you. So, Lord, I just honor your name today, Lord, and I pray that you would speak in such a way that each one of us could hear the voice of your call. So, Lord, thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray in your name. Amen. So we're going to be working a lot today out of the book of Luke. Uh, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke—it's the third book in the New Testament. Uh, it's the—it's um, the longest of really all four Gospels. And Luke was a physician, uh, and he was a very meticulous man. He had kind of a natural gifting for being an investigator, and so he put together a historical account based on eyewitnesses so so not based on his own knowledge but his compilation of talking to people who had first who uh, who actually knew about Jesus direct witnesses, and then he compiled it all into what we call uh, the book of Luke. So, um, and I'm going to use a lot of the scripture in Luke, but you could actually take any of the Gospels and preach the exact same message. Um, And so I've only done this primarily out of Luke, but you could do the same thing in any of the Gospels. And so what I would encourage you to do as you see this unfold is this week, Read through the Gospels. It's a wonderful thing to do. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It'll take you probably, I don't know, uh, maybe five hours total, maybe six hours to go through all four. So whatever time you have, try to carve out the time to where you can go through. And then ask the Scripture the question, where is this dividing line that Jesus draws? So so I'm going to start in Luke chapter 12. And I'm reading from the King James. Um, A lot of you are going to be looking at lavender, which is fine. Um, But Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 51, "...suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell you nay, but rather division. From henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The Father shall be divided against the Son, and the Son against the Father." the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And so Jesus comes and he brings division. And the way that I I want you to think of this and see if I think you'll be able to follow it more clearly if you look at it this way, Jesus comes and he draws a line. And so, if you want to follow me, then this is the line that you're going to have to walk. Um, If you don't want to follow me, then you don't have to cross the line. Jesus never makes anybody follow him. Uh, We all choose to serve Jesus or not serve Jesus. God's never going to take away your free will. Um, He doesn't want you to be a robot. He wants you to make a choice that you're going to serve him regardless of the circumstances. But he's the one who draws the line. And so so if you read the Gospels and then ask the Holy Spirit to show you where Jesus is drawing the line, then he'll show you very clearly where the line is. So, so, So what I'm going to do is just to walk through a number of different scriptures where Jesus defines this line where you see the line. so, And like I said, all I did really was go through Luke and then um, we're going to go through a bunch of things that Jesus said and you'll see where he draws that line. And then you have to ask yourself the question, which side of the line am I on? So that's the tough question. So... Um, and the list that I've gone through is not all-inclusive. I left, I left out some common things that we talked about a lot here. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Parable of the Sower, those all draw the same line. Uh, these are other scriptures that say essentially the same thing. So when you read any of the Gospels, you're going to see where Jesus draws the line. Now, the problem that we have is our hearts are wicked. And so we're always looking to redraw the line. And that's the problem with the human heart. We want to make it not so hard. We want to make it a little bit easier if we can. We're going to talk about that as well. But um, so um, in Luke chapter 8, verse 21, and he answered and said unto them, my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. So if I'm going to walk with Jesus on this dividing line, then I'm going to have to obey what he asked me to do, right? So when I was a little boy, when I I first came to Jesus, and I I went to a lot of different churches, it was clear, the word was clear wherever I went. Uh, And maybe that was because Jesus protected me. I, I don't really know, but whether I was in a Pentecostal church or a Baptist church or a holiness church, I knew that I had to obey Jesus. I knew that I had to give myself fully to Him. And that shifted a lot in our day. And there's a a mega church in Springfield that I drive by every day. And in that church, they preach that Jesus is the Savior, but they don't talk about the Lordship uh, they figure that somehow you'll you'll change at some point and you'll want Jesus to be Lord, but you can't come and separate out Jesus saving you from Jesus being the Lord. you have to obey him we have to obey jesus so so um, so I want you to hear that um, and understand that so. Uh, So chapter 9, verse 23, we're going to go Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 26. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. So we take up our cross daily. It's not a one-time thing. Uh, I don't come to Jesus and give him my life and then tomorrow take it back. Once I've decided to follow Jesus, my life belongs to Him. Everything that I have belongs to Him. And then I have to deny myself. So, and then verse 24 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Now, um, I looked at the Greek for the word save, and you'll see it translated in the King James, either save, it can also mean preserve. So, uh, for whosoever will preserve his life shall lose it. And that word that's used there for lose, it normally means destroy. So, let's, let's, let's read it with, with just the straight up Greek uh, translation. For whosoever will preserve his life shall destroy it. But whosoever will destroy his life for my sake, the same shall preserve it. So if I'm willing to give my life into the hand of Jesus, then he's going to save my life. But if I'm unwilling to give him everything, then I'm going to destroy my life. My life's going to be filled with self-destruction. So... So verse 25, For what is a man advantaged if he gains the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. So we have to make this choice to surrender. We talk about that a lot here. Where we have to be crucified with Christ, where we give up our life and we no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in us um, that's something that we have to do so and then uh, chapter nine verse fifty six uh, of Luke again, for the Son of man is not come to destroy that's the same word that's that's the same word in the Greek that is used um, In verse 24, that's translated lose. So, for the Son of Man has come not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So, because I know Jesus is out to save my life, then I can give him everything. I can give him my time. I can give him my money. I can surrender everything to Jesus um, and let him have his reign in my heart and life. And... That's what he's called us to do. So, um, so uh, let's go on with uh, a few more verses here. Um, chapter 11, verse 23. And this is Jesus again speaking. He says, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. So, um, So, Jesus has drawn this dividing line that we can all see. So, uh, and I have quite a few more verses. So So what you're going to see is Jesus is really being consistent. I have to give him everything. I have to yield my life, I have to give him my time. Um, I want to make sure that, that it's clear uh, to you and to me that we have to give up everything to follow Jesus. We just give up our lives. Um, and that's what it's about as far as being a Christian. Uh, Let's go on to chapter 12 of Luke, and we'll look at verse 8 and 9. It says, And I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. So I confess him before men. I say, Jesus is Lord of my life. And then I call other men and women to follow Jesus, just like I'm doing. So so chapter 12, verse 34 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So you have to honestly look at your own life and ask the Holy Spirit to show you, Where's my treasure? Uh... Is my treasure in my job? Is my treasure in my family? Is my treasure in some place outside of Jesus? Um, And our heart will be where our treasure is. So um, so that's a a hard question, but one that we have to ask ourselves and let the Holy Spirit search our hearts. So um, chapter 13, verse 24 says, Strive... And that word in the Greek means to agonize. So, agonize to enter at the strait, and that's the suffering strait or suffering gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Okay, um, another verse. So, we're just going through all these different verses that say basically the same thing that I'm going to have to give up everything to follow Jesus. Chapter 14. We're going to look at a few verses in this chapter. Uh, verse 26 and 27. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Um, now, Lavender says it like this. If anyone comes to me and does not have single-minded loyalty to me over his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yet even his own life, he is not able to be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So this is pretty straight and honest. Um, And the word that says, that's used for hate, it literally just means to love less. So it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that we hate our family. It doesn't mean that we hate uh, anyone who chooses not to follow after Jesus. But it means that our loyalty is to Jesus first before anything else. So, so in other words, with a, a parent or a child or a spouse... I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus first, always first. And we have to have this single-minded loyalty to Jesus. And that's the line that he draws. So, um, and then verse 27, uh, and uh, Catherine, we're in uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 26 and 27. Um, Verse 27 says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And then in that same chapter, he says, So likewise, this is verse 33, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. Um, So Jesus calls us to give up everything, uh, to follow him, so, I pick Jesus over um, family, friends, co-workers, and they may not always be happy about that. Um, if you pick Jesus over your wife or over a loved one, they may not be happy with you about that. Unless, unless they decide to make the same choice, um, So um, let's go on to uh, chapter 16, uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, and you can put God and anything else in there. I can't serve God and my brother Michael. I can't, or my brother Jesse. I can't. I can't do it. I have to serve God first, and then everything else out of my life is going to flow out of being given totally into the hand of Jesus. So, does that make sense? And you see the line, and Jesus draws the line, um, and then he just asks us to walk in that. So, okay. um, let's go to verse or chapter 17 of Luke. Luke chapter uh, 17, verse 33, says, says, Who, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Now, that's the same thing that we just read back uh, in chapter 9. It's, it's really, it's got the same Greek words. So, whosoever shall seek to preserve his life shall destroy it, and whosoever shall destroy his life shall preserve it. And so um, so the call for us is to lay down our lives to follow Jesus. And if we are unwilling to do that, then our life is going to be destroyed. Our life is going to be lost. It's going to be wasted. We play this song sometimes on the radio, and, and sometimes we played it here, wasted years, wasted years um. I've wasted a lot of years because I was unwilling to do this, Uh, because I was unwilling to give Jesus everything, Uh, because I loved family members more. I didn't want to upset uh, people that I knew about, that I cared about. But I put them over Jesus, and so... um, And you just can't walk that way. You can't walk that way. It's a radical thing to be a Christian. And in this culture that we live in, it's even more radical because most people, most people, they they haven't done this. They haven't given up everything. They haven't left their life. Um, And um, I want to close this part of the sermon with just a couple of uh, verses from the book of John. Now, John is the last gospel. That's the fourth book in the New Testament. And it's written much later than the first three gospels. Those were written close to the time, or at the time, where Jesus lived. John, um, the book of John, was written much later, and this was as John learned the deep things of the spirit. So it's much more, it's much more deep, it's much more deep than uh, the gospels are. So um, in John chapter 5, there's a story where a man is suffering from an infirmity for 38 years, for 38 years. And Jesus told him um, in verse 14, it says, Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. And then in John chapter 11, after a woman was caught in adultery, um, Jesus said to her, He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So the call call that we first receive from Jesus is to go to leave our sin, to repent, to give up our lives, and to follow Jesus. So... um, So I would encourage you so you can see this line more clearly is to read the Gospels, read through the Gospels this week with the question, Jesus, would you show me where the line is? Would you show me where you want me to lay down my life to follow you? And he'll do that. So this is just an overall kind of synopsis of that part. But you'll see it everywhere in the scripture. Um, but I wanted to use just the words of Jesus so you can see that he requires us to give up everything. Um, requires, requires us to give up everything. So so in Jeremiah, it talks about, Jeremiah 17, it talks about how desperately wicked our hearts are. So one of the things our hearts try uh, will try to do and the devil will try to tempt us is for that line that Jesus draws, he'll try to get us to change the line, to get it to move just a little bit. Um, and so um, so I want to look at, let's see, didn't write down which, I think this was Mark chapter 10. Um, yeah, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Um, In that book, and it's in all three of the Gospels, it's in the first three Gospels, it's not in the book of John, there's a story of the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler uh, talked to Jesus, and he wanted Jesus to change this line. And so if you look at Mark chapter 10, uh, uh, verse 18, he says, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things I have observed from my youth. And Jesus, beholding him, loved him. And that's that's why I went with Mark, because Mark says he loved him. And said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. So the rich young ruler was trying to get Jesus to move, uh, was trying to get Jesus to move the line, was trying to get Jesus to give him a break, and said, well, what can I do? I'll do anything that you want but he worshiped himself. He worshiped what he could create with his own hands. And so, um, which leads us to the next part of this. If we're unwilling to be honest with God, then that's such a critical thing because if we try to be deceptive with God, uh, he knows and basically, and we're going to look at some scriptures here in just a minute if I'm unwilling to be honest with God he's simply going to he's going to he's going to give me a mirror he's going to reflect back to me my own behavior to him um, and that's what he did with this young man and then but this young man had some integrity of heart and says Jesus I see the line that you're drawing, and you know what i He was sad, but he left. He went away. Now, most people don't have the integrity to walk away. They'll simply draw a different line. So Jesus wants me to give him all my time, all my money, all my... He wants everything, and then the human heart says, well, I can draw the line here. I can draw it much lower. Uh, Tell me how low I can lower it and still have Jesus. That's, That's the human heart. We want to redraw that line and uh, jesus won't he won't tolerate that he won't tolerate that. I mean it's been the story of my life where I've tried to get Jesus to lower that well can't I'll give you all my money i'll give you can't I have just some little part of my life carved up no and so um so you'll see this throughout if you look and see as you're reading through the Scriptures and you see where Jesus is drawing this line, look and see how Jesus treats people, especially the religious people of the time who thought they were doing everything right, but they had drawn these lines, and so Jesus basically just mirrored their own behavior. And, you know, uh, so let's look at the Scriptures, and then you'll see this in what Jesus said and how he treats people. You'll see this all through the New Testament. But in Psalms, in Psalm uh, chapter, or Psalm 18, verse 25 to 27, or actually I'm just going to read 25 and 26. So it says, With the merciful thou will show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou will show thyself upright. With the pure, thou will show thyself pure, and with the froward, thou will show thyself froward. Froward. That's not a word that we use, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I've looked at it a few times, and uh, I'm having a gray moment, so I can't remember even the pronunciation of it. But it really means shrewd, shrewd. So if I'm shrewd with God, guess what? He's going to put the mirror up. He's going to put the mirror up, and He's going to be shrewd with me. And that terrifies me because God's done that when I've tried to be shrewd with Him. In other words, I've tried to hold out part of my heart. I didn't want to give myself fully to Jesus. And so God simply holds up a mirror um, and says, well, if that's what you want, then take that. And then, you know, and then I won't hear from Jesus. I won't see the line anymore anymore. You know, I'll I'll be like uh, the Laodicean church in Revelation 3. I'll be blind and I'll be naked. Uh, I, I won't have the eyes to see that line that Jesus is drawing because I'm not willing to be honest with him. And for me, it's a, a frightful position. And finally for me, I, I had to go to the Lord and I said, Lord, you know, I had to enter a covenant where I would say that I would be totally honest with Jesus about everything in my life that I wouldn't try to look good I wouldn't try to make excuses for myself I would be totally absolutely honest with him and um, because I don't want to be shrewd with God because i can't I can't afford to have him just disappear um This same scripture is repeated almost uh, verbatim in 2 Samuel 22. It says, With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright, with the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward, thou wilt show thyself unsavory. So, uh, King James, they say, unsavory. Um, So, God will mirror our behavior if we're unwilling to be honest with him. And the word in the Hebrew really means that he'll twist back the opposite way. He'll twist back the opposite way. So, um, so I don't want to, let's say, I'm unwilling to give Jesus, let's say, I'm unwilling to pray. Uh, I'm unwilling to read the scriptures. Okay, then I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble because... I'm carving out part of my life apart from Jesus. So and then and then you know God will deal with me that way. He'll put the mirror up if I'm intentionally being deceitful. Now as you're learning to walk with Jesus, a lot of times you're going to be ignorant. And ignorant just means you don't know, you know. So if you don't know anything about God, then, how can you God has to teach you right how to walk with him and so if we're ignorant uh, because we don't know, then God will discipline us, but he won't hold the mirror up he won't he won't be deceptive with us if we simply don't know um, and I'll give you an illustration uh, that that I think will be helpful it'll make me look stupid but They'll make me look ignorant, which i which I am at times, uh, but I think it'll it'll be helpful for you. Um, I was up praying, and this is this has been wow uh, two and a half years ago, something like that a long time ago, and the Lord let me sleep in on Saturday, which is kind of a rarity and so so I slept in uh, a bit, and I got up and I prayed. And um, I normally have my phone with me when I pray. And I kept hearing, order these cleaning supplies for home. It was some something that we needed for the house. And I said, what? That's not the Holy Spirit. Order cleaning supplies. What is that, you know? I said, what? And so I, that's, I said, Lord, you want me to what? do it now <laughs> that's what I heard do it now and so so I went on to Amazon this is during prayer now if you can get the mental imagery that I'm trying to I'm trying to draw for you <clears throat> I'm there I'm on Amazon I order it and then I fixed breakfast and I didn't have any lights on just because song was at work and it it was uh, in the middle of summer. It started getting hot. And it was kind of strange. And then pastor calls me, as sometimes he calls at the opportune times, and he says, are you okay? I said, yeah, as far as I know, I'm okay. And I said, I don't know. It seems kind of warm in here. So, but I, said, I think I'm okay. And um, finally it hit me that, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then I figured out that the power was out. So I lost all the power for a number of hours. So then I quickly repented, and the Lord disciplined me. Um, but now what if I had gone back and did the same thing the next day? Well, there might have been a fire the next day. So, So you see the difference between ignorance, and then once Jesus shows you, well, don't walk in that way, don't walk in that, don't do that, then... The discipline will get more progressive, so a child when they do something out of ignorance you you won't you'll just discipline them right I mean, you know as a parent that you don't you don't bring the hammer on a child because they don't know something so um, but if they continue to walk in that, then guess what it does get progressive, God does ramp it up a bit, and so anyhow, I um, hope that story was was helpful for for some of you because we all have to learn what it is, what it means to walk with Jesus. Um, And uh, you will learn quickly because the Holy Spirit will teach you. If you'll you'll give him everything, Jesus will teach you how to walk with him um, and you'll learn his ways. So finally, I, I wanted to come back to the original scripture And that's Luke chapter 12, 51 through 53. So we see this line of division that Jesus creates. Now, he draws the line and then I get to choose. I get to choose. My coworkers get to choose. Everybody in your life, they get to choose. So what happens when... You choose that. Well, I'm going to give myself to Jesus, and then these other people are not. Then God's going to call you to pray for them. God's going to going to give you a burden to pray for them, so that they'll be fully given to Jesus as well. And when the Lord first showed me this line over 50 years ago, I could see it so clearly. I cried a lot, and people didn't understand. Why is that little boy crying? Well, I see that Jesus has drawn a line through this family, and Mom wants Jesus, but Dad says, No, I don't. Or little Bobby says, I, I don't want Jesus. They may say they do, but they don't. And when Jesus draws that line, and your loved ones say, Well, I want to draw my own line, then that's going to break your heart. It's going to break your heart. It's going to bring great anguish of heart because we're called to be fishers of men. And as we see those that we love and we care about, then Jesus is going to give us a heart to cry out for them because we're no better than them. We've just chosen that, well, I'm going to walk I'm going to give myself fully to Jesus. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to obey Him. And then what about your family members that don't? Do I just write them off? That's not the heart of Jesus. And so it creates this crisis in our hearts. Lord, what can I do to reach this person for Jesus to where they'll give everything to Him? And you may have to do things that you may have to intercede. You may have periods of intercession for people. You may have to write letters, make calls. You may have to confront directly. And then what do I do if they say no? I I don't bite them, but I just love them, right? And so I think we see our great need this happened to me on Friday. I, I, I was at this barber shop where I, I like to go get my hair cut and talking to this precious man about Jesus. And I just saw this great divide that I couldn't, I couldn't reach him. And I'm Lord, what has to happen in my heart to where I can reach that man? That's my whole life is to be a fisher of men. And so what has to change in me to where I'll be a fisher? And so I left that place. I grabbed some lunch, and I was walking back to our office building. And then I saw a woman that I know in the spirit is demon-possessed. Uh, she's been beaten by her husband over 20 years. She's so beat down. And I'm like, Lord. Oh. What has to change in me so I can reach her? Am I so concerned about me? And so they were all just lined up. Uh, Those were the first two, but there were others that I saw that Jesus wants. And I see this great need in my heart. I think it's a great need for entire sanctification, to where I need to lose all self-interest, to where I can go after people, go after them in the Spirit, and call them to follow after Jesus, to give up their life. Because I can tell you, if you've crossed this dividing line, when it starts out, when it starts out, it's so clear because you'll see the sin and you'll know, well, I can't do that. After you walk with Jesus for a while, um, you won't even be thinking about that kind of stuff anymore. You won't be thinking about the gross sins anymore uh, because Jesus has cut that off. Um, But he'll take you on a road to where he creates this intense need of your heart to be entirely sanctified. That's what Wesley would have called it. It's called a lot of different names. And that is, in my own heart, all self-interest would be removed. And you've heard Pastor talk about that the last few weeks. Um, So until we come to a crisis point, then um, there's not likely anything to happen. because there has to be a great need created by the Holy Spirit uh, for this to happen. But as we see those that we love and we care about, and we see them just on the highway to hell, so to speak, and we can't reach out and I mean, we can talk to them about Jesus, and they deflect our words, and we pray for them, and and we don't see any movement creates such a a painful place in our hearts where we have to have Jesus move, where we have to have him totally remove that bent in our hearts toward the self-life. Thank you. So I want you to have a clear picture in your mind what this dividing line looks like. And then, like I said, I would encourage you to read through the Gospels this week And ask the Holy Spirit to show you where this line is. And you'll begin to see it. You'll begin to see it in your families. You'll begin to see it in those that say they're Christian, but really they're not. They've not really given their life to Jesus. And it'll break your heart. It'll break your heart. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this dividing line that you draw. Lord, I pray that you would draw it so clear in our hearts and our minds that we would not withhold anything from you, time, money, energy, any relationship or our future. Lord, everything has to be on the altar. So, Lord, I pray that you would show us where that line is, Lord, and give us hearts to agree with you, to give ourselves to you. So, Lord, I just bless you, and I honor your name. Have your way, Lord Jesus, I pray in your name.
2: Amen. sing oh from above. Oh glory, my soul is made perfect in love. My prayer has prevailed, in this moment I know. The blood is applied, I am wider.
0: RevivalNow.church. dot church.
1: Revival in Woodbridge. Revival dot church. Revival in Woodbridge.
2: Revival now. Church.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. Come join us at nationalprayerchapel.com or our sister website, revivalnow.church. We love you. God bless you.
2: present you
0: blameless